Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Edmonton levels the series at 2-2 as Game 5 now shifts back to Las Vegas on Friday. Will last night's clunker lead to lineup changes for the Golden Knights as temperatures continue to rise? Hi again, everyone. Tony Cardasco. You like the drama there. Very dramatic for you, Chris. Tony Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick, thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Of course, you could find our podcast wherever you get your podcast and find us on Twitter, Lockdown VGK, at TD Chris G, at Tony Dasco. Of course, on YouTube, on the YouTube channel, which is red hot right now, Lockdown Golden Knights, subscribe there. We are brought to you by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Lockdown NHL for $20 off of your first purchase. Oh boy, Chris, a lot to unpack here. The Oilers taking game number four, four to one in dominant fashion. We now know why Shea Theodore's girlfriend slash fiance told us to stay till the end of the game because she was right the whole time. Those final two minutes were something else. They were dirty. They were flat out ugly, but we really enjoyed a lot of the drama there late in the game. A very dirty play uh, culminated the evening, perhaps, uh, and it could uh, wind up on the slashing penalty on the wrist of Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, could wind up in a suspension, perhaps Petro tired of getting targeted himself. Um, he was boarded by Evander Kane. Uh, no whistle, no call on that. He comes back again, a retaliatory play on the part of Alex Petrangelo. And then we saw Darnell Nurse. And VGK's Nick Haig in a great fight. I thought it was super. That was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Elite fighter. The elite fighter. The elite fighter, Nick Haig. Uh, in all, 111 penalty minutes. 93 of those minutes, Chris, in the third period. Will we see any suspensions? That's the biggest yes. question that the fans want to know. Stemming from last night's late game fracases. Yeah, I mean, there should be two suspensions. Um, it's very hard to defend Petrangelo's slash of Dreisaitl down the stretch. So think about the Kale McCarr suspension in round one. The whistle blows. Kale McCarr basically follows the player from between the circles to the corner and lays out a hit. Seconds after the whistle, not a hockey play. The puck isn't even there. there. There's absolutely nothing there. Petrangelo, there's not a lot of differences there. Seconds go by. Seconds go by. And Petrangelo's stick comes literally from above his head and chops him right on the wrist. I get that Petrangelo and the VGK are absolutely frustrated, and they deserve to be frustrated after last night's efforts. Hey, hey Chris, though, you were the one that said, if this continues, go after their superstars. Go after Dreisaitl. Absolutely, I did. Yes, absolutely, I did. They're keeping more receipts than the players are on the ice. Fair enough, but there's a line between 
hacksaw Jim Duganing someone <laughs> over, That's you know, good. from the top rope to if he goes in there and finishes a check, if he goes in there and face washes him, if he slashes him in the leg in a much less intensifying type of situation, whatever term I'm trying to get to here, you come over the top like that, you can argue intent to injure. You can argue even a match penalty, which would be almost a mandatory suspension. He's fortunate he only got a game misconduct, but I cannot see a path where he does not get a phone call from the Department of Player Safety. Now, when I woke up this morning, you know, getting the coffee going and unclogging my eyes, I got to give Ken from Sinbin a lot of credit for basically this seemed like it got lost in the shuffle last night. Darnell Nurse in that awesome fight with Nick Haig, Nurse travels in from basically the blue line to start the fights. It's important to note no, that Nick. No, sorry, no, that, no, no. Yes, that did happen. That did transpire. However, however, a major point that you might be leaving out there, Chris, is the fact that Haig asked Nurse if he wanted to fight. Right and yeah, that. and and Mark Stone said that. Like, why? Why does? Why is Mark Stone making that comment there? Mark Stone is the one who said that, I believe, in the post game presser. Yes. But he asked him on the face off. Whereas a lot transpired. So, yes, he did ask him, but let's just quote the rule here right now. Fines and suspensions. Instigator in a final five minutes of regulation. A player who is deemed the instigator of an altercation in the final five minutes of regulation shall be suspended for one game pending review. Now, now why? suspension. Are you quoting? Are you quoting those guys who don't even ask the question in the post game presser? They don't ask the question about the, the slash on Petrangelo. If you have these alleged media fanboy media members there, they don't even ask the question. Come on, man. I'm not going to quote these guys. Fair. I'm quote. I'm not. I'm, I'm quoting. Well, I'm quoting the rule right now. I'm quoting the rule. All right. So basically. Upon review of the incident, the director can be at discretion. If it's not related to the score, previous incidents of the game, prior games, retaliatory in nature, message sending. So basically, it does check all those boxes. And honestly, the Darnell Nurse instigator at the end of the game, if that is deemed a suspension worthy, which it should be, I also think that makes it easier for Petrangelo to be suspended and it would have been nice if somebody you know there, one of the last questions someone try I forgot what the word was that it, it wasn't local media it was someone out it was someone probably from up there or, or ap someone did ask cassidy about like what happened at the end and he used a word i forgot what the word is that he used and then cassidy asked him to be specific and then you know but there wasn't like a whole lot to it so no, it would have been nice no. for someone to See just what the perspective the was. Just ask the question. I mean, seriously, it, it That's the fair. national, the national media, it's a national story. You need to ask that question, not pussyfoot around the question, ask the question. And the reason perhaps that nurse again, keeping receipts, right? This could be the theme here. The reason why nurse went after Haig, Haig was the player that went after Zach Hyman in the previous game. So they are just after each game. Okay, this guy did this. Okay, I'm gonna hit on him. They're go this is great drama. This has got to be good for ratings for ESPN. Public Enemy Number One, which they absolutely stole <laughs> on ESPN for Kane. No, seriously though. I mean, they're reading our stuff. They're quoting our stuff. It's awesome. 
But, I mean, I think they both go. I think they're both suspended. You cannot suspend one without the other. Petrangelo, if he gets suspended, same thing with Nurse. If Nurse gets suspended, Petrangelo has to be a, a, a suspension, at least for one game. They they do. And then and then VGK would be down two defensemen. They'd be down two because Shea Theodore, what in the world? He has been so awful in this series. He commits the two slashing penalties early and then has that horrible turnover that results in the wraparound goal. Two penalties and two quick goals. And then after that, VGK was really not in this game. They had a couple of pushes down the stretch, third period, what have you. But that really set the tone for this game. So they can ill afford. They can ill afford right now to lose Alex Petrangelo. And again, you talk about receipts, right? He's the one that started, perhaps, that Kane and Colasar fight earlier in this series because he tried to mug someone from behind, and and that's when all hell broke loose. Yeah, I mean, it's there's there's a lot boiling over right now. And back to Shea Theodore, uh, Cassidy was asked about Theodore, and Cassidy didn't hold back a whole lot. He basically mentioned some players, you know, kind of rise up and. uh you know, he basically mentioned Theodore needs to find his game right now. And, you know, he's a puck mover and he does take some chances. And Cassidy seems like he doesn't want Theodore changing a whole lot. I mean, we got a PG rate, uh, a PG rated version of I'm sure what the conversation actually was between him and Theodore. I can't imagine Theodore just walked out of that game. I'm sure Theodore felt terrible about the game. But I'm assuming Cassidy didn't make it easier for him to feel better about his performance. Uh, Theodore has had a bad series, and I know I've joked about the comment that uh, that uh, I, I honestly don't know if it, don't know if it's fian- his fiance or girlfriend, but the comment Back. that you know, yeah, the comment that she made on social media. And ever since that basically moment, it seems like his game has been going downhill, and maybe there's a distraction there. Like I don't, I don't know what how the mind of a professional athlete works, but I know the more crap you put in their head you know the tougher it is for them to focus when they're doing their job on the ice so you know whatever's up with Theodore I mean you can probably go back and personally count four goals I think this series that are on him and you cannot be spotting the Edmonton Oilers goals period end of story or it's going to be hard to win and you know I, I liked the VGK start for the first seven minutes of the game they kept the game scoreless they got an early power play I thought Woodcroft was going to pay dearly for keeping um, McDavid and or Dreisaitl off the ice because the third or fourth line center gets the penalty in the first 30 seconds and VGK had a couple of good power plays this game where they kept the puck in they had some sustained pressure but like Cassidy said they lacked that one more play and then of course you know Theodore turns the puck over and Hill is kind of caught flat-footed but it's a tough spot for a goalie there unfortunately and uh you know the floodgates kind of opened after that I mean both these teams are so good at just these quick responses and quick Mm -hmm. goals and putting the game out of reach and you can't make it easy on each other and it'd be nice to see a best on best game We, we keep saying this there has to be a lineup change for VGK in the next game and I, I definitely think that Teddy Bluger could draw in. Did they go back to the old man Kessel? Like, what do you do here? Because you definitely, they have to make some changes with this lineup. I just don't think that this lineup is going to win a seven-game series. We'll talk about the physicality later, but that's right. one of the reasons why I don't think that they're going to be able to win this game. I want the experience on the ice, and you want, again, just players that can just keep their heads. Cooler heads will prevail 
in this series. And then also, too, I'm I'm all over the map, but so much happened. There was so much drama. ESPN, again, just they flat out missed what happened between Stevenson and Yamamoto uh, and holding uh, Yamamoto's uh, stick on the bench. And uh, and then they send them both off. Like, what in the world? Like, they, there's so much happening. And they just failed to to more or less focus on what's happening in the game. Like they they can't. I don't know why they can't recap things. I watched the uh, Toronto game, for instance, right? And there's a fight at the end of the Toronto Florida game. Oh, that right? was good. That was good. But they cut away to the fans in Toronto as everything's starting to boil over at the end of the game. In any event, don't know what happened there. Can't describe it. All we saw was some really blurry video of uh, Yamamoto's stick being held by yeah, Yamamoto got checked hard. I forgot who it was. It was a very hard check. I, I don't know if it was Colasar or Howden or who it was. I think and it might have been Howden. Yeah. Stevenson decided to grab his stick from the bench, and Yamamoto started, you know, whatever happened there. So the ref tended them both and, and <laughs> sent him off. I don't know what it's Stevenson, silly. why that's happening there. But okay, that, but that, that, that's a short version of it, but it wasn't easy to find. Any li- no lineup changes? You're going to go. I, I no. I'm. I'll. I'll go with Bluger. Um, okay. I am okay with Bluger going into the series right now. To um, replace whom? Uh, I would. You'd probably toss it up again between Colasar and Carrier. Um, Carrier has been a non-starter for me this series, and I think his injury, whatever it is, is still lingering. And I'm waiting for a flash from Carrier. I'm waiting for that drive to the nets because. He Carrier is the one is not the one because there's more now, but he's the one consistent player who can get the puck with a medium head of speed, a medium head of speed from the circle and then get a full head of speed and drive in and create a scoring chance. Uh, Eichel can do that, too, but Eichel does other things where Carrier, as far as his offensive ability, it's either scoring from a dirty area or driving hard to the net and we haven't seen either one yet so bluger for carrier is probably the play that gives you another good set of legs on those penalty kills phil kessel i get the experience comments i do um but i don't know if he's got the speed to keep up in this situation because he's not physical like colasar let's start there he's not gonna go out there throwing his body around and finish checks although he might now because he's motivated who knows um but I would definitely consider Bluger for Carrier if it was my decision to make. Uh, Carrier uh, did have that uh, flyby uh, on Skinner. Uh, Skinner got a little <laughs> bit of a chuck there. That, that, that was kind of funny. I'm, I'm not going to lie. That was uh, uh, I didn't both, mind. I didn't mind that. Both Howden and uh, Carrier got a piece of Skinner. Uh, again, receipts, receipts. So in game number three, Chris, we talked about the high stick by Eichel back the other way, no call. And then back the other way and VGK scores a goal again, same situation, sort of Mark Stone cross check. He did not go into the post. Like, I don't know who came up with this nonsense. Oh, he's checked hard into the post. No, it was a cross check by Ekholm, right? Uh, Who they misidentified as Yamamoto. Uh, but in any event, it was Ekholm who then, because Stone says he stays down on the ice. Like, I get it. Are you, if you're hurt, then you're hurt. Okay. You're injured, but don't just stay down on the ice. Do something. They needed him to get back defensively. And then Ekholm finishes it off. I mean, there's so many just different nuances and uh, different things in this series. 
where if you just pay attention and keep track, it's balancing out. And these two teams right now, it's not just 2-2 two, two in the series, but they're dead even. It's a 5-1 route. It's a 4-1 route. It's like no close games. I was begging for OT last night, begging with my OT would have been great. Um, <laughs> so back to just the general officiating and that Mark Stone situation, you know, it's one of my late tweets last night, one of my last ones. You had some I really good was... ones last night, by the way. You should pat yourself on the shoulder. Oh, thanks. I thought it was very interesting oh, how the VGK fans were, you know, laughing at the Oilers fans. Call it what it is for chirping the refs and complaining about calls and stuff and all that. Well, the VGK fans were doing that last night. And sure, could could the cross check have been called and prevented that goal from happening? Fine. So could the Eichel high stick that led to uh, the floodgates opening in game three? Like that's that's part of playoff hockey. This is going to happen. Refs are going to miss things. I did mention on yesterday's podcast, expect a little bit of home cooking for the Oilers because of the penalty disparity. You have to know that going into the game. Shea Theodore has to know that going into the game before he borderline spears someone near the groin, which is one of the retaliatory penalties that he took. Keegan Colasar has to know that when he decides to elbow somebody, when VGK is still in the game in the third period, there's seven minutes left, you're down three. It's it's not out of reach. It's a very losing proposition, yes, but you still got a chance. You still have a chance at least to send a message and get it to 4-2 and make the Oilers think a little bit. But even before that Colasar penalty happened, VGK had a 5-4 advantage in the power plays. I believe it was only 10 power play minutes to 8 power play minutes. So VGK still had the power play advantage for most of the game. The difference is they just can't score on a power play. Mm -hmm. So, you know, VGK fans, we cannot cry about the officiating right now. I know everyone wants, we haven't hit the uh, the boarding thing from Evander Kane on Petrangelo where everyone's flipping out that it was a dirty play and all that. I don't know if we were saving that for later in the show. No, but it was a dirty, I'll, was it dirty? No. We might as well address it now. So Petrangelo, listen, Kane is who he is. Let's start by saying that. That is never going to change. Keep your but, head on a stinking swivel when that guy's on the ice. Well, number Petrangelo one. Petrangelo goes to the near boards in that play. Kane's already initiating contact at that point. He has his hands on his back. But the difference is Petrangelo is not facing the boards when the contact starts. As Petrangelo hits the brakes and turns toward the boards, which you don't friggin' do, Kane finishes his check, throws him into the wall. Is it a clean play? We can argue if there should have been a penalty or not. They're fine, whatever. But it's not an overly malicious, dirty, Evander Kane headhunting, trying to hurt someone type of play. It's a poor play by Petrangelo putting himself in a vulnerable position. That is the take on it. And if you guys want to argue with me on Twitter about it, uh, you got about two hours before I start working. Okay. Coming up next, you know, Bruce Cassidy wanted his team to play a disciplined game. We'll continue with that thread. In Fail. game number four, he was ju just saying that they needed to stay disciplined. It was anything but, as the Oilers took VGK out of its game. The Golden Knights unraveled. We talk about that next when we return right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Forget about planning months in advance. The Game Time app has deals on tickets right up until the day of the event, right down to the wire. And VGK fans, I know that some of you are looking for tickets uh, for this Game 5 with all the dramatics. And so if you're looking for tickets, go to the Game Time app, 
Get exclusive flash deals for uh, tickets on football, basketball, hockey, baseball, concerts, comedy theater, and much, much more. And the game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's the fastest growing ticketed app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you get to the arena so you know what to expect when you arrive. You can purchase tickets in a matter of seconds. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app today. Create an account, and you will get uh, $20 off of your first purchase just by using the code LOCKDOWNNHL. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem the code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. We are cooking now. And don't miss our What the Friday segment coming up on tomorrow's show. Fans already starting to hashtag WTF on our Twitter feed. Every Friday, we let you, the fan, chirp and spout off about something good or bad about VGK. That's WTF. What the Friday coming up tomorrow. Chris, man. So... Edmonton dirties the game, and we're going to continue talking about this. And then in our third segment, we'll we'll talk about the physicality and whether or not VGK will wear down. But Edmonton, I think, you know, VGK is playing into the hands, I think, currently of the Edmonton Oilers. And the Golden Knights losing their poise. They lost their composure last night. There's no doubt about it. Um, and every time a player retaliates, it appears, for the VGK, they get caught and they get penalized. And just like silly penalties. Um, just, I guess, how do you control these emotions? Uh, Petro lost his cool. Um, you know, despite being boarded, he really lost his composure. But as a team, starting, I guess, from the outset with the Theodore slashes, uh, you just have to really be mindful of retaliating in this series. And poise, we talk about poise, we talk about composure, but VGK really lost it in that game. And again, Petro is a, he's an experienced Stanley cup winning veteran. And a lot of this stuff I think for him should not be happening. And I get it. I get it. Cause Cassidy's like, he's had to put up with a lot of blankety blank in this series. And again, yes, emotions spill over, but what do you make of the lack of poise for VGK? You mentioned how do you do that, and I don't know if that's a coachable thing right now. The million-dollar athletes on the ice who have been doing this since, you know, they've been three, four, five years old need to play better and understand the situation. Yeah, you got to defend yourself and you got to do all that, but Petrangelo can save his nonsense, you know, trying to hurt someone. He can save that for game 34 the next season when the Vegas Golden Knights, Edmonton Oilers, face off again get it out of your system then you cannot be doing this stuff in the playoffs you can't if stuff happens after the whistle like the nick Hague fight and all that or you know evander kane even taking that run at petro and then you know all heck breaks out then sure in that moment yes absolutely but you know poise was the term like that was the word right from cassidy early in the series and uh-huh. Theodore came unwound. Colasar came unwound. Of course, we're we've uh, you know Petrangelo is you know just kicking the horse you know while he's down right now, but we're going to keep on doing it. And 
VGK has to be better. They are more experienced top to bottom as far as playoff and Stanley Cup players, players who have won Stanley Cups, players who have played in the Stanley Cup finals, starting with obviously our five or six players who were on the day one roster who were in the Stanley Cup final against the Washington Capitals. So, you know, and Cassidy's got plenty of experience with the playoff runs as well. So you have to find a way to channel all of that to, um, hey, boys, we got to be a little bit smarter out there because mm. when VGK plays their game, they're, they win two games. When VGK plays Edmonton, Edmonton's game, they lose games. And let's take a deep breath now. You know, like after after game one, Vegas is going to win the series. After game three, yep, Vegas is winning the series. After game four, everyone, oh, Edmonton, they're they're tough. I don't know if we're going to win the series. Well, here's a reminder, folks. Now it's a race to win two games. Two of the next three games, if necessary, are in Vegas. VGK did their goal. They got the series back to level to come back to Vegas. So we still have home ice advantage. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of Oiler fans in the arena on Friday, and so what? It's going to be fun. It's going to be a great environment, but Vegas is at home. And you know Vegas... I mean, Vegas and Edmonton both know the importance of this game. So this is where Cassidy has to figure out a way to not lose the locker room in the sense that keep the team focused on the task, and that's winning a hockey game. Winning hurts. Someone said that. I think Cassidy said that. Cassidy winning said that, hurts. Yeah. And winning he said hurts. that about Petrangelo for getting, you know, and you could see Petrangelo in somewhat of his defense where Kane, of course, with that high cross check to the head, Yes. Uh, there in game three and you could just see again they're keeping receipts and you just have to kind of try to put those things aside and cash just them next season cash yeah. them next season exactly go bonkers go bonkers <laughs> yeah do it in the regular season that's a bring really in bring in um bring in all the people from the federal league you know and whatever <laughs> you want to do like they did in the slap shot movie you know uh Olgie Oglethorpe, you know, bring those guys <laughs> in bring up a few guys from the minors from the ahl maybe the echl and uh Let's let's go. But for now, you got to win a playoff series because the path to a Stanley Cup right now, let's face it, this might be a preview of what team has the best chance. Whoever wins this Vegas Edmonton series will be the the odds on favorites to win the cup going forward. They will. They will. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, You know, uh, the one thing that stood out last night, uh, special teams, Okay. Uh, Edmonton just one for six on the power play VGK 0 for four, although they did have some push. There were a couple of changes there. Marcia. So was in on the number one unit. Uh, Theodore was running the point. Um, Carlson also got the bumper late in the game. What your boy. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I did. In case you weren't tilted enough. There you go. No, no. He was on the second team on the second unit there. Uh, But you know, one thing did stand out. I thought VGK made some really good adjustments on defending the power play Uh, on that. You know what I counted on the very first uh, Edmonton power play with the one they didn't score on before they came back and scored Uh, (laughs) VGK cleared the puck on that one five times. Yeah. Five times they cleared it out of the zone. It still felt like Edmonton had the puck in our zone the whole time, though. <laughs> they come cr- back so crazy. fast, right? It's crazy. I know. I know. It's very hard to They're contain so them. Good. That's Their why you do so have to stay out of the stinking box. And then uh, those retaliatory penalties, I think, uh, are going to come back to haunt VGK. If they continue to retaliate, there's a big hit, no penalty call. I don't know how you do it because I would want, and human nature would be, to retaliate. But they are calling the retaliatory penalties. That's what you have to look for 
in this series. Just try not to respond. You have to try not to respond with anything dirty. No shenanigans. You know this from peewee hockey, from mite hockey, from squirt hockey, squeewee hockey. Everything is you work your way up through the ranks. And this is any sport. This is not a hockey only thing. The person retaliating gets caught much more, many more times than the person who does the initial hits. Hasn't changed all the way up until the NHL level. And these players know this. They they know this. And I know it's a lot easier for me to say this from the comfort of my own office, not taking these slashes and these cross checks and these boards. And, you know, so and, and everyone nodding their head right now. Yeah, we're all in the same boat. We're a bunch of uh, armchair quarterbacks, you know, watching the game from afar right now. I, I get that. But I'm also not compensated $9 million a season to do the right thing on the ice. So, you know, there's a give and take right there, but yeah, poise, 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 poise. Otherwise there might be handshakes in game six, not the way we want. Physicality. Will VGK wear down against the more physical Oilers? If this continues at the rate that it is with a very physical style of the Oilers, we'll talk about that when we return right here on lockdown golden Knights. Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights, 1,001, 1,002. One, two, three. <laughs> One Mississippi, two Mississippi. Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights, Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick. We come to you from Las Vegas each and every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Thanks for stealing all of our material and all of that. We really do appreciate it. It's been a very physical series. If Edmonton plays the way they did in games two and four, can the Vegas Golden Knights endure the physicality in this series? So it's it's a race to two games right now. And this is another tweet that I put out. Edmonton's finishing every hit right now. And they're finishing them hard. And they're borderline dirty at times, as are the VGK we saw last night. I am concerned that VGK is going to have more aches and pains, more bumps and bruises, um, more of the pain that it takes to win according to Bruce Cassidy. So, you know, that's Cassidy again mentioned, you know, you still got to finish those checks. You hope to get back in the game, but you got more games to play. You still got to get out there and finish those checks. That's very code for make them hurt, make them, you know, make them hurt a little bit because you want more bumps, more bruises. You need the other team to wear out as the series goes. I don't have the hit totals in front of me. Um, nor do I have the effective hit tolls, if that's even a stat, because there is a lot more effective checking being done by the Oilers, a lot more hard checking in the corners, on the boards, clearing out the crease. Um, after the whistle, just more aggressive play when people are around the crease. So VGK has to be in more pain right now than the Edmonton Oilers simply puts. And I think that might play a factor down the stretch in these last three games. Okay, uh, the biggest surprise fight. Uh, Alex Tuck against uh, Tobias Forler in international hockey. <laughs> that happened. Tuck got in. Yeah, they never have a fight in international hockey, but the former VGK or Tuck got into a fight. It. Okay. Uh, I don't even know fight. Eichel trying to fight Kane or McDavid and Petrangelo. Oh, my goodness. Could you, Eichel, come on, man. Jackie Aces, you should go run back to the bench and hide out with Carlson because why would he want to fight? 
Why would he want to fight? It was just, just kind of ridiculous. Uh, the, the one thing that Cassidy did say that resonates, uh, and again, getting back to the physicality of this uh, series, he said that VGK did not play fast enough to avoid some of that physicality mm-hmm. that you have to endure if you're going to win. And again, if you play slow, you're going to get hit. Bottom line. And that's what VGK did. They just played too slow. Yeah, I mean, listen, maybe I probably should have said this earlier. Let's credit Edmonton on a game well played. Edmonton kicked the butts of the Vegas Golden Knights in game four. They earned the victory. They earned the victory in every you know facet of the game. Offense, defense, special teams, hits, physicality. And, and Vegas had some answers, sure, but you know, not nearly to the degree of what Edmonton did. And, you know, it's very fascinating how Edmonton can be so bad for a game and how they can be so good for a game. And Vegas, same thing this series, but it's a little more different for the Oilers because this has been a trait, you know, in the Woodcroft-McDavid era when they've been together where they lose a game and then they come back and win. They're like 8-0 or 9-0 or whatever the number is now coming off of a playoff loss, and it's very fascinating. Edmonton overall, Chris, sorry to interrupt you there. No, you're good, you're good. They have not lost back-to-back games since February. Yeah. So if EGK wins game five. Going seven, baby. Let's go. We could (laughs) definitely be going seven. Uh, The the rest of the way in this series, I'm telling you what, I don't know about you. I mean, what was your household like last night, those final couple of minutes of the game? Because I was just going, this is great. I I mean, to me, this is, as Cassidy might say, playoff hockey. It really is. I don't care. And But I never envisioned this series to go this way. I never expected all the fights and all the drama and all the fracases and everything, just all, all hell's really broken out in this series. Ryan, the hockey guy said it pretty well last night um, that this series, these four games particularly are much more intense than the San Jose Sharks rivalry ever was. Um, In my opinion, we do have a new a one rival and that's the Edmonton Oilers. And that's what playoff hockey is. Yeah, exactly. That's what playoff hockey does. It creates these rivalries. It creates these, you know, just these awesome situations. And we're not going to be Edmonton's first rival because obviously that's reserved for the Flames forever. Um, but it's nice to see, you know, these storylines emerging. I mean, yeah, obviously we don't want people out there getting hurt and all this mayhem happening like this. But in the same boat, this is what playoff hockey does. It creates these new rivalries, these new storylines. And it's fun, um, you know, but I, the only thing I would like to take back a little bit here is I'd like to see a little more of the skill between the two teams. Or if this physicality is happening, I, it needs to be tilted to the VGK side. I'm not saying VGK needs to go out there headhunt and do stuff like that. Just finish but the they need to use the physicality to slow down the Oilers to a degree, and that's not happening right now. Yeah, I could see the next game here on Friday night at 7 o'clock. I could see them dropping the gloves right at the start of the game. I just could see that. Uh, the oh, Department God. of Public Safety, uh, Player Safety. Public Safety. Public safety <laughs> and Public Safety. My, you Those might need guys... that in the crowd. I'm, I'm a little nervous about the crowd on Friday. I'm not going to lie. I hope it's not ugly, but I think it might get a little might get a little chippy in the crowd Friday, which well, I hope not. I hope I not. Could, I could definitely see that. The last time VGK, too, the last time that they flew home on uh, the day after the game was not a good end result when they got back in Vegas. I think it was the Philadelphia trip, and then they oh, went yeah, back yeah. The, the next day, and then they absolutely had nothing. And they're doing the same thing today 
where they're going to fly home later it's on. It's probably today. commonplace in the playoffs, but I hear you. Yeah, they should have just gotten on a plane, gotten out of Dodge, come home, sleep in their own bus, bed. Make them think about what they did. Make more babies, all that. So uh, coming up on tomorrow's show, of course, it is WTF. It is what? The Friday. And we'd like to thank all of our everydayers, the folks that tune in each and every day. And thanks for making us your first listen. Of course, uh, that's made it really a lot of fun here down the stretch. We don't want this season to end. I don't want this series to end. Oh, my goodness. I just Let's want go tighter games. Let's go eights. Let's go eights. I want closer games, though, Chris Golick. Can we get a no, tighter we, game we need, more we need best on best. We said that we need before a three on two, a three two. No, we don't need a three two final. What happened to this thinking over? They stopped scoring goals again last night. Under, under, under. It uh, came down to minus one thirty, I think, on the under last night. So we'll keep an eye on seven's the seven's a lot. Seven's a lot. I don't care what the situation is. That's a lot. Yeah, they they upped it from six and a half to seven. I like six and a half on the board, but in any event. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll preview the game, WTF, what the Friday, and all of that. We'll see if there's any penalties as the Department of Public and Player Safety. Uh, <laughs> by the time they wake up uh, this afternoon at 3 o'clock, uh, 3 o'clock Eastern time, they might have some news for us. For Chris Golick, I am Tony Cardasco. We appreciate you tuning in, staying with us throughout. Stay to the end of the game, folks. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Lockdown Golden Knights. Take care.